In business, you rarely hear the expression for life. You make a purchase for a product, for a service, and, and there's, a, there's a time frame there. Well, that's not the case with Awaken 180 weight loss. Allow me to explain. You know, a year ago, I started with Awaken 180 weight loss and had incredible success losing weight. But you can lose all the weight in the world and not keep it off. And what good is it? That's why I have support for life from Awaken 180. Yeah. I mean, I go back for check-ins and make sure everything's going smoothly. But if I ever had a problem, the counselors are there to get me back on track. Why don't you do what I did and call for a consultation? 844-346-1800. 844-346-1800. Or go to Awaken180WeightLoss.com. Benny, you made this... What is going on, all of you handsome listeners? Welcome back to The Dagger, the podcast where we cover all things NBA and the top news in all basketball. I am Taylor Call. I am joined by the boys, Dion Franklin, BJ Johnson. Say what's up to the people. What's up, people? What it do? What it do? We're back. Quick reminder to follow us on social media at the Dagger Podcast. And the playoffs continue is what we're talking about today. We have had some major drama in the first round. LeBron James, for the first time in what is it, 17 years, is not a member of the second round of the playoffs. First time in history. Mm. Feels feels a little weird, but it is what it is. We're going to be talking about that. We're going to be recapping all those series from the first round. We're going to be giving a little bit of a preview and talk about what's already happened in the second round. And so we are super excited about that. I, I love the playoffs. The storylines that emerge in the playoffs are just so fun to talk about. So we're super excited to bring that to you guys. But first, you guys already know how it works. We got to give out some awards. Hooper of the Week, Good Hustle Award. Dion, who's your Hooper of the Week? All right. This week, it's with a heavy heart that I do this because they just eliminated the Lakers, but Devin Booker is my Hooper of the Week. This boy, oh, my God. He in for 30 and then for 47 uh, to close out the Lakers. Come on, man. Like I was watching the game, and I swear to you, the box score says 15 and 22. That is a damn lie. Because I did not see this boy miss a goddamn shot. I mean, there's nothing else to say. This man had 47 and 11 rebounds in game six to close out the defending champs. What else is there more to say? Like, deep book, baby. That's that's a great pick. Devin Booker was playing Grave Digger that game. Mm-hmm. He, he came right out of the tunnel on fire, and mm-hmm. he didn't even let the Lakers sniff it. They never even came close. Like he, shot. anytime the Lakers made a shot, Devin Booker came right back down, hit hit a three. Mm-hmm. He was he was on fire. Like this dude is a six year veteran, and he's only twenty four. And he's playing like he's been in the league for like 10 years. And I love it. I love I love every second of it. I know so he was going to be good, but this is a whole new level. Whole new yeah, level. He, he was absolutely gross. And, you know, a big theme with the playoffs and the end of the year is the things that us on the dagger got right and things we got wrong. And so me personally, one of my best takes is I said the, the, I did predict the Suns to win. And I tried to tell these guys that the shooting for the Suns was going to be an issue, and it was. But one of my worst takes of the year was saying a few months back that I didn't know if Devin Booker (laughs) was ready for the playoffs. And, yeah, if there's any question, go watch game (laughs) six. He is ready for the playoffs. He is ready for the spotlight. That was was an insane performance. That's a good pick, Dion. Mm -hmm. BJ, who's who's hooping? So this guy, Kevin Durant, easy money sniper, two years off tearing his Achilles, is putting up 
through seven games in the playoffs, 32 points a game, seven rebounds on 50% from the 55% from the field, 50% from three, and has been looking almost like the best player in the world again coming off that injury. And there's really no answer for him. When you're seven feet, but you can play like a guard and really nobody can block your shot. I mean, there's really no answer for this dude. Even Giannis kind of looks lost out there trying to defend him. And KD just looks like he never left. He looks like 2019 KD when he was putting 50 on the Clippers. You can just see, man, nobody knows what to do. The Celtics didn't know what to do. Brad Stevens quit coaching because of this guy. So (laughs) what can I say, man? KD is too too soon, man. Too soon. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. Yeah, I mean, Ooh. when you're seven feet, basically, and can shoot like that, there's no defense if he's hitting that. Like, what do you do? All he has to do is just lean back just a little bit, and there's no defense for it. Like, what do you what do you do? Like last night, I was we, we were watching. Like, I wasn't even watching the game. I was keeping up on it on my phone. And every like ten minutes, I see I get a notification like KD did something. That, Broke Giannis' ankles, dunk on somebody. I'm like, bro, you got to chill. Relax. Uh, I go back on what I said last week about that series, uh, about my take about if one of them is, like, not going to play good or is missing, they're not going to go anywhere because they said, Dion, you need to shut the fuck up because <laughs> they are killing it without James Harden. Yeah, another another great pick. KD is hooping out of control right now. My hooper of the week goes to one Damian Lillard, who, even though he lost in six games, I maintain was the best player in that series. Damian Lillard against the Nuggets was going absolutely crazy, trying to carry his worthless teammates into the second round. <laughs> Game five, we, we, we told you guys on the last episode that the Nuggets Blazers series was going to come down to who can win close games. And that was game five. And Damian Lillard had 55 points set the record for number of threes made in a playoff game with 12. His team was down three with less than 10 10 seconds left twice, and he hit both shots to extend their lives, and they could not capitalize. But Damian Lillard was just going absolutely crazy in that series. Like, Damian Lillard in the playoffs is just beautiful. Like, I wish he was a little bit more consistent in the regular season, but in the playoffs, he's just a whole different animal. And he, I don't know why I keep doubting him every year. Like, th- maybe this is the year he shows he's human in the postseason, but <laughs> nope. nope. <laughs> he, Damian Lillard, Hooper of the Week. Get the man some help. All right. I actually have a bonus good Hooper as well. Shout out to the owner of the Utah Jazz, Ryan Smith, bringing back some sportsmanship. You love to see this. So apparently during one of the games in Utah, um, John Morant was getting heckled by the Utah fans. They're a passionate fan base. And Ryan Smith, the owner of the Jazz, he didn't love that. And so what he did was he hooked up John Morant's parents with tickets to game five and got him good seats, you know, free parking, parking, the whole nine. I think he flew him out, too, for the game. Yeah. Yeah. And as a result, John Morant's dad said that he was pulling for the Jazz the rest of the way. So good to see some sportsmanship out of Ryan Mm -hmm. Smith. Wasn't he talking to like Donovan Mitchell at the end of the game? Or yeah, something? he thought yeah. he totally yeah. mm-hmm. shit or something, something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nice. Like, um, you gotta love the sportsmanship. Mm-hmm. You don't see that at all nowadays. No, you, you don't. I like Ryan Smith a lot, the owner of the Jazz. He's making mm-hmm. some good business moves, bringing Dwayne Wade on board. He's you know endearing himself to the NBA community. Seems like a good dude, a very active owner. Mm-hmm. And so I, so far, I like him a lot. And for, Dwayne Wade is jazz. on board. He's, he's looking yep. nice up there. He's, he's got Flash in the bag. And so he's, mm-hmm. he's doing some good things with the Jazz. Well, I know it. And, I mean, he's not totally responsible for them being in first. But, you know, anytime you have a winning team, it has to start from all the top all the way down. Mm-hmm. So 
future's bright for the Jazz. All right. Let's get negative. Let's give out some good hustle awards. Yes, please. My good hustle award goes to, and we'll get a full breakdown of this series here in a minute. My good hustle award goes to the doctors for the Los Angeles Lakers. (laughs) Somebody with a medical degree (laughs) decided that Anthony Davis was good to go for game five. He played like what? 12 seconds. (laughs) All right. It was like two and a half minutes, but it felt even less than that. He jumped Mm -hmm. once and he had to pull himself out of the game and hurt himself even worse. Like who, who made the call that this is all good? Like, Oh yeah, you're all set. Clearly you can play the game of basketball. Like (laughs) good on, good on AD for giving it a shot. You know, good on you for trying and giving it a whirl. But this is one of those situations where him being out there hurt his teammates. Like, I I salute him for giving it a go, but he clearly could not play full court basketball and shouldn't have been out there. Mm -hmm. And somebody gave him a green light. And that for that, you earned yourself a good hustle award. Yeah, for sure. Doing one million percent should get fired. Part of being a team doctor is protecting a player from himself. And you should know better. Yeah. I think I I was going to say, I think I told y'all, like, I was surprised he even played. But first of all, one of the things I heard was that they said they told him you can't make it any worse if you go out there and play. How about he could tear it? I would I would start there. Like it was just a strain. He could completely tear it off the bone if he does one thing wrong. It's like I don't know why they tried to lie and say they tried to tell him, yeah, you can't you can't make it worse. You really want to put his jeopardy in danger against the number two seed who is already like clearly with or without AD. I feel like the Suns didn't even care. But you're gonna put a compromise AD out there, and then on the first play. Devin Booker is like, yeah, we we got we got something here, folks. Every every time somebody was guarded by AD, they drove at him mm-hmm. until he just had to pull somebody out of the games. Like, I can't even move. So I don't know. I don't know who on the medical staff was like, yeah, I think so. I think he looks good to me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I have what, a feeling. I, I have a feeling it wasn't totally a a medical decision from the medical staff. I think there was some higher ups involved for sure. In this like decision, they're like, you have to get on this motherfucking floor, or, or was, there's gonna be problems. Or LeBron too. I don't know. Like, you I was had, about to say, like, like, did LeBron put on a white coat and a fake mustache? Yeah. And like, you know, <laughs> did he do the exam himself? Like, you're good. They said LeBron told him not to rush it. They said LeBron was like, yo, don't even. They said LeBron told him not to rush it. Yeah. I feel like Genie Bus was like, nah, cuz. <laughs> you know what I'm about there? <laughs> it's 30 million a year, boy. You about to play this game. Hear, <laughs> I don't hear none of that. I mean, at that rate, I mean, AD's making a million dollars a game, you know, that he that he actually plays. So, yeah, I mean, like I said, I, I salute the grit. Like, good on you for trying to give it a go, but that you shouldn't have ever shouldn't have ever happened. So, mm-hmm. so Lakers, doctors, good good hustle out there. He should have remained street clothes, Davis Anthony street clothes. Oh Davis. Lord, no question. <laughs> <laughs> All right, BJ, who, who's hustling? Um, I feel bad doing this because I'm a city kid. I'm from the 414, from Milwaukee. Got a lot of love for the city on the come up. But um, Milwaukee Bucks, um, they look like a deer in headlights. No pun intended. <laughs> Maybe I did there. But no pun lose, intended. Bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> to lose by to be down by 49 points without James Harden to the Brooklyn Nets to lose by 39 without James Harden to the Brooklyn Nets is embarrassing to is an understatement but I feel like the Bucks have robbed us of what could have been the series of the playoffs in my opinion and they choose now to have their two worst shooting nights from three point I believe they shot 20% in game one and 27% in game two. You got Giannis out there looking for answers on the defensive end of the floor when he's supposed to be the defensive player of the year, which, you know, no shade to him, but he is not looking like he can stay with anybody on their team. And then Coach Bud, my, my God, you start the game in a 2-3 zone 
against the Brooklyn Nets like they can't shoot the ball? You telling me you're going to play zone against Joe Harris, Kyrie, and Kevin Durant? <laughs> and for what it's worth, like Blake Griffin, I don't know what he did, but I think he's a member of Amazon Prime because them knees he ordered got there just <laughs> in time for this series. <laughs> Because he looks like <laughs> Flipper Blake right now. But my Lord, Milwaukee Bucks, could somebody please tell them, like, the playoffs is not about the first round and beating who you beat last year. Don't be the first team in a long time to sweep a series and get swept the next series. You don't want to be that team, Milwaukee. And really, I hate to say it. Really <laughs> makes no sense to me. And especially last night, as I was watching the highlights, Giannis looked like a baby deer. Like a newborn deer coming out of the womb, defending KD. For, for real. Right, like he was sliding. He could not stay in front of anybody. What happened to him? It makes no sense. Defensive, defensive player of the year, my ass. Like, it was embarrassing. That's all I can say. And yeah. Chris Middleton, we gave, every time we give praises to anybody. Hey, I'm done Anybody being on this show. I'm done being nice. I'm done. The I'm done next being nice. time. <laughs> They hit the court. I can promise you, they will be ass because it's keep keep happening week after week, episode Every after time. episode. So then, on that note, I love the Brooklyn Nets. <laughs> Kyrie yes. is yes. disgusting, yeah. bro. Yeah. Nobody KD can is stop. A monster. Nobody can stop Kyrie. Nobody. <laughs> yeah. Keep keep putting that out there. Keep saying it. <laughs> Yeah, yeah hopefully everybody, hopefully everybody. we can we can jinx them. <laughs> no, I'm with you. Like I had just got done praising the Bucks for absolutely decimating the Heat and telling you that Giannis was different, only for them to potentially lay another egg in the second round. Like, yeah, man, I don't, I don't, I, I go, I don't know. <laughs> I what is it about nothing. the second round? Yeah, they allergic. They they think like uh, we 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 got a series. That's it. Yeah. Champions. Like, bro, no. It's a whole ass fucking playoff. Yeah, what? The yeah. first round is the easiest one. Like, they need to. I don't even know what. Like, because I was looking at the box score last night after the game, and I was like, who, who even played that good on the Nets? Because like KD had thirty. The only other person that was over above twenty was Kyrie. So there, I, I was like wrapping my head, like trying to wrap my head around mm-hmm. it, and I could not figure it out. And then I realized. The benches were literally. Oh my god! Literally the opposite. Like, yeah, Bruce Brown ass. Which is funny because the Nets don't have a good bench. Exactly, exactly. It makes absolutely no sense. I've never seen a box score with literally nine bench players coming into the game and all getting like above five minutes. Like the game was over at halftime. Yeah, a playoff game. Was. So since we're talking about it. That's a, that's a good pick, VJ. Let's get to Dion's good hustle yeah. real quick, and then we'll keep talking about that mm-hmm. Nets Buck series. Dion, who's hustling? You guys already know who's hustling, man. Y'all already know. I don't. I don't have that much to say. I'm ashamed that I shared the same birthday month and year with this guy. <laughs> uh, this man has been in the league for five years, and ever since he came to Dallas, I want him to retire. And that man is. <laughs> I really hope. I really hope Mark Cuban can get a refund for this kid, for, be, for, because it's embarrassing. And that man is Porzingis. I don't even want to say his first name because he doesn't deserve it. This oh, man. Damn. This man had the audacity to say that he feels like an afterthought when he plays with Luka Doncic, bro. You, the way you play, you're not even a thought. You're not even like you're. I don't know. I don't even know what to say about you. Like 13 points a game and you're supposed to be the highest paid player on the team and the second star. And you're shooting below 30 percent. You're seven three and you play outside the the whole the three point line the I whole game and you can't even get a fucking block per game. You're seven three. You should be getting at least two. Like, what the fuck are we doing? <laughs> KP saying he's. He feels like an afterthought. It's probably because you're playing like an afterthought. Exactly. Like, what? Trying to pin it back on the Mavericks or something. Like, mm-hmm. bro, just apologize. Just say, my bad. I'm going to get back in the lab. 
and get it right instead of like, oh, I feel like an afterthought. It's because you're playing like hot trash. Mm-hmm. Hot garbage. Like we, we, we get on Paul hot George garbage. all the time, but KP, man, he's the new Pancake P, bro. Especially after that comment. Especially oh after that God. comment. It made me so that, mad. That is, he played so bad. He played so bad. Yeah. And, that's it's, it's hard to even put it into words. Like, yeah. You're seven three, you no. get five rebounds a game and K- KP, not even a block. KP is the epitome of just because you have a jump shot doesn't mean you should be shooting jumpers. This dude is allergic to the paint. Like what is wrong with him? Like he he's afraid to go down low. He won't battle for rebounds. He doesn't challenge shots. Like what is he doing? I, yeah, he cool with getting dunked on too. Like he gets out rebound, he gets dunked yeah. on. Yeah, like, okay, that's all right. I'll just get it next time. Like, no, you won't. Come on now. Like w- Boban was better than him in this playoff series. Oh, by far, hundred percent, not close. 100%. He Boban should be embarrassed. Boban is not close to as skilled as Kristaps is, but he battles. He was trying. He was getting mm-hmm. rebounds. And before you around. say it's just because he's a giant, he's only like two inches taller than KP. Yeah. Literally, like, literally yeah. an inch or two. <laughs> yeah. Like it's not like he just battles. He was trying. He was playing hard. He was setting screens. He was trying to pick up the trash. You Locking know, he was challenging shots. shots. Like, give me something. Give me fouls. Like, show me something that you're trying. He was it's, awful. It's, it's ridiculous. Like, I mean, he, he shot almost. More threes than actual paint shots, and that is so painful for me to say. From our, but he's not an afterthought. He's a co-star, apparently. He's a, right? he's a co-star, he's and a, I said that yeah. last week. Like Dallas right. does not have a co-star. Like it's not a duo. It's a twenty-two-year-old running the whole show. And bro, by so, the end of that series, Luca looked exhausted. Oh my god, he was just like, yeah. you talk about back pain. <laughs> You talk about carrying a team and having mm-hmm. back pain. Like Mark Cuban, you need to go get a refund or something because yeah. claim lack of skill or, or something, yeah. something, anything. He owes him a hundred million over the next three years too. So I want to cry. And he like T- Tim Hardaway had some moments in the series. He had some good games. Um, you know, Tim Hardaway is not a lost cause, but if he's your number two option, you need something else. You know, Tim yeah, Hardaway should be so a three true. option. Tim Hardaway should at, be a six most. man yeah, at most. And I'm like, KP, that's the thing. KP plays so bad that I even forgot about Tim Hardaway. So, yeah, that's how bad you know he, how you feel about Tim Hardaway. And you, you guys know so, how I feel about Tim Hardaway. Yeah, that man is so inconsistent. That's how He's bad crazy. KP was. He would, he would go yeah. for two one night and 25 the next night. And it makes I no mean, sense. he is inconsistent, but he did have some big games in that no, series. No, I, that, that's, no, he, he, I'm not, I have no, I have no qualms against Tim Hardaway this, this series. Whatsoever. Yeah, he did. I think he earned himself a. He's a free agent. He earned himself a, a pretty nice contract. I think. Mm-hmm. Like he yeah, was a, yeah. a valid number two option for Luca, all mm-hmm. things considered. Yeah, considering that KP put up thirteen. KP points was just he just took the series off. He went three games under ten points. Yeah, I mean he's a little bit of a streaky player, but I mean when he gets hot, he's really good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's he's what, really that's what I'm good. Saying. That's why I'm saying like he's a good six man because like that's kind of like how Lou Williams was or Jamal Crawford. They would be like they come in and drop their fucking twenty points and then go by their own way. Yeah, so. yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, let's keep talking about this series. Um, my my the biggest thing like we were talking about the Mavericks and like Luca by the end of that series just looked exhausted, and part of that I think is the teammates around him. But I also think in the off season, I think Luca's conditioning could improve. Like that's the only thing I can do yeah. about the dude. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's, okay. I, yeah. I see that. Yeah. Like, he's not the most really athletic nitpicky. guy, but if Jokic can play 40 minutes a night, I think Luca should be able to yeah. play 40 minutes. Yeah. A that's night. that's a good point. I mean? And the way he plays too is so physically demanding. If he grabs a rebound exactly. himself and just takes off down yeah. the court, like it's mm-hmm. yeah. hard work, man. What is he? What was he generating? He was a count. He was responsible for like seventy-seven points on offense, like forty-six. Mm-hmm. I think forty-six, forty-seven points, and then like fourteen assists. So he's carrying like a good sixty to seventy percent of his team's like offensive production. So 
if he can get on a new plan this summer, work out and just get his wind, his cardio up, mm-hmm. he's like the sky's a limit for him. I feel and he's young too, so like he's got mm-hmm. time. And they need they need somebody to for him to share the load. Like Carl Anthony Towns, what's up? What's up? Cat, what's up? I'm calling what's you up, baby? please. Cat or Bradley <laughs> Bill, whichever one you want, bro. Like Luca cannot be playing 40 minutes a night. Yeah, for real. Like I get he's young and everything, but you know, it gets it gets tiring really quick. Yeah, but I mean, Luca was phenomenal in that series. Yeah. Phenomenal. Facts. Like for the amount of shots that he took, shooting like fifty percent from the field and forty from the three is pretty yeah. fucking impressive to me. Difficult, especially shot. considering the shots he was taking mm-hmm. and the defense the Clippers threw at him. Mm-hmm. The, the he one had th- oh. in the blender. Yeah. Oh yeah. But Ooh. one thing Ooh. I was gonna say that he needs to improve is free throws. Holy fuck. Oh yeah. Bro, yeah. he shot fifty percent. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, like, that's yeah. tough. 50 percent from can, the, it's a lot yeah and if you can learn to play without the ball just a tad bit more like just a little come bit off yep. pin, yeah come off pin downs get off flare screens to mm-hmm. kind of save his legs a little bit but other than that though like he's asked to do a lot but if he works on moving out the ball a la rip hamilton steph curry see some of those guys i mean it'll only make it easier for him too mm-hmm. yeah for sure 100%. i mean that would require a second ball handler but yeah. Um, Bradley Bill, what's up? The the only thing that was more impressive in that series down the stretch was Kawhi Leonard. Fucking like if you if if you forgot about Kawhi Leonard, that Clippers Mavs series is your reminder. He was dominant. Yeah. Ooh, so was. Ooh. Like, that crossover uh, step back he hit in Game Six. I didn't even know he had that in his bag. Yeah, I, I haven't seen mm-hmm. that since San Antonio. <laughs> Yeah. yeah. He and was... The thing is, he, he has one move and it's between the leg a couple times, pull up. Between yeah. the leg a couple times, drive. <laughs> it's so Can't fucking funny to it. me that nobody can can stop it. Because it's so, it's, it's not even like that he goes fast. It's just so elusive that yeah, you just get mesmerized, kind of. You know you know what I mean? And he's so strong, too. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. You can't slow him down. Yeah. Like if you, if you try and hand check him, you'll just break your arm. Like, Mm-hmm. <laughs> like Kawhi, Kawhi is nasty, and honestly, like I was not impressed with any of the other Clippers. Really, Reggie Jackson I, had a nice series. I was impressed with Reggie. Marcus Jackson. Morris, Marcus Morris, senior stepped up. Games, yeah, he, he was all right. He he had a couple important. Shots I mean, in the, in the last we, game. But also, fun fact: me and Reggie Jackson shared the same birth hospital in Italy. Oh, really? Okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, really? it was it was it was the craziest thing I've ever like found out. My dad was like, "Do you know that he was born in Pordenone?" I was like, "The fuck are you talking about?" <laughs> so like, he, his parents were basically like, assigned to what the the base that's around there, and that's the base where my dad was assigned to. And all military kids are born in the same hospital. So very cool. All right, um, let's talk about the Blazers and the Nuggets series. So I kind of led into that with Dame, but all right, let's let's lead that into the Blazers Nuggets series. And I think the overwhelming theme of that series was Jokic and Dame going blow for blow, and the Nuggets supporting cast being better than the Blazers. Do you guys agree? Yeah. Oh, totally. Uh, yes. Hundred percent. Because off the bench, the Blazer only had Mellow. <laughs> That's it. Yeah, and speaking of arrivals, Michael Porter Jr. is here. Yeah. It took a minute, you know, being like the hands down number one guy out of high school and stuff. His journey to the NBA has been really interesting, but he he's here. Game mm-hmm. six, he went off, and. Yeah. He, that, he's first, here. that first half was deadly. I I was watching it. He kept hitting threes. I was like, I didn't know he could shoot like that. And he finished with like twenty two yeah. points in the first quarter. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, the boy, <laughs> the boy's here. The boy, good. Goddamn, Composo. Oh, the thirty year old rookie. Kind of nice, bro. Like yeah. he plays hard. Pe- people sleep on him, but they don't know like the history, bro. Like his his journey to the league. Is even better. This man is a Euro League goat, like, and people don't even know that. 
He won two Euro Leagues. He won the Sp- the Argent the Argentinian League, Spanish League, you name it. He won everything, right, like right, MVPs right. and all of that. And he's he just decided, that dude that mm-hmm. come to the Rex. He's just that old dude Saturdays at the Rex Center. Like he's just a straight up vet, man. He got that old school. He's like he got that old school game. Just one of those mm-hmm. dudes who knows. Get you in your spots, passing. He just got mm-hmm. Supreme Court vision, and he played like. He play like he like six five, like a tough guy. He'll get in there and scrap with anybody, mm-hmm. no matter what. And he's fun to watch, and he, I yeah. bet he's fun to be around too. Because I saw a few clips, and he, that man's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely. But I mean, my, with Michael Porter Jr. playing as well as he is, like, I don't want to talk about next season too much because we're still in this season. Yeah. But if but... Jamal Murray Ooh. comes back healthy, the Nuggets are going to be disgusting. Mm-hmm. Facts. If they re-sign Aaron Gordon and Jamal Murray can still play ball on that knee, they're going to be disgusting. They have to, right? Yeah, I think within two years. Aaron Gordon's their fourth option. Like, that's a big three right there. They got Mm -hmm. everything you need. They got everything you need. Mm -hmm. And more. Because they got vets too, bro. Mm -hmm. And young I love Austin Rivers. I love Austin Rivers. Oh, my God, yeah. It, and yeah, bro, the balls that Mike Malone has, bro, to put in like Marcus Howard, a rookie that yeah. didn't even play this this season. Yeah. And he's getting yeah. some minutes. He's getting some Just, burn yeah. in playoffs. Switching it up, throwing him out there, switching it up. And the thing is, like, he's actually like count. scoring too. Like, it's it's mm-hmm. impressive. It's impressive. Like the whole their whole organization is really, mm-hmm. really going somewhere. And I love yeah. it. I love to see that. Can can we roast the Blazers for just a second, though? That's exactly where I'm going. Of like, good on the Nuggets. <laughs> they played really well. <laughs> can can we just discuss? Once again, tell- I, so, like I said in the opening, Dame. With everything we're saying saying about the Nuggets, and it's all true. Jokic was spectacular. Michael Porter Jr. is here. Aaron Gordon played really well. I stand by what I said. If I thought Dame was the best player in that series, he was on a whole nother level. And for them to still lose. For them to lose, particularly game five, yeah. Dame had 55 points, was carrying the team on his back. And we talk about teams finding a way to win. The Blazers found a way to lo- lose that game, and I don't know how. <laughs> you would think with your Dame continuing to hit buzzer beater after buzzer beater that eventually the rest of the Blazers would be like, my guy has given us a second chance. Let's not waste it. But no. And they didn't. That is usually what happens. Like, I had a theory before this series that went to shit after after that game. But the theory was that the team that forces OT always wins, always. And it it happens like I would say ninety percent of the time. Yeah. And you you yeah, forced totally two agree. over. You forced <laughs> yeah. two overtimes with your best player hitting threes. How the fuck? Are your teammates not hype and about to go kill somebody? Like I don't Absolutely. understand. I don't understand how that even happened. Absolutely. Like that should be a backbreaker. First of all, props to the Nuggets because that should be a backbreaker yes. for it to happen not once but twice, and for them to maintain their focus and come out for each overtime ready to play. Mm-hmm. I think speaks to Mike Malone. I think it speaks to their character and they're ready yeah. to play. Like, they are focused. They have a good mental. Because that would totally break my back of, like, we're up three. Shit. We should be fine. And then Dame just keeps hitting shot after shot. And, like, uh, you know, Austin Rivers is literally shaking his head like, I don't know what to do. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, thank God he missed. <laughs> he, he, should, he, he shouldn't have said anything when he followed him on that three. Because then he came back and hit that th- the next one. He should have just took took the three free throws. We're right, Dion. Like, how are the rest of the Blazers not coming out of that huddle ready to run through a brick wall? Exactly. Like, That's, I, I don't understand. I don't get it. This guy is saving your season and you can't help him out. And Just we're, once. We're, we're not saying we're like for the people listening, like we're not saying that the Blazers should have won the series. We're just talking about that single game. Yeah. Like, yeah. That's that game for sure. You know you what can't I mean? waste yeah, for that. Sure. You can't waste that kind of performance. Mm-hmm. You can't waste that and not help him out. Like and it's just a tragedy. It's just a yeah. tragedy that Dame lost that game. It's not fair. Mm-hmm. 
And yeah, like, I mean, it, it happens year after year, and it's I I think it's time for him to move on. To be honest, personally, I was that's what I was gonna say. Yeah, he'll 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 be thirty one years old this summer, and you think about that, like he don't even seem that old, but he's actually thirty one, and thirty one was the same age KG left Minnesota and went to Boston, mm. like, mm. and I think KG, that was the best decision KG ever made, because he realized he should have done it sooner, because you don't want to waste your whole career being too loyal, and I respect Dame for his loyalty, and I know we've given praise for it, mm. as we say, not running from the grind, but when your franchise and your team don't even give you a little bit of support, and they kind of waste your efforts, you know, your loyalty's got to be to yourself, too, man. No, I totally agree. I'm a loyalty guy. Like, I don't hate players who aren't loyal, but I give bonus points if you are. But mm-hmm. honestly, I kind of want Dame to leave. He deserves yeah. better. Yeah, exactly. It's like that friend that you know that is in a toxic relationship, you know, like they're in love and good for them or whatever, but you know it's not good for them. Mm-hmm. You know, like Dame can love the Blazers all he wants, but the Blazers don't love him back. Yeah. Facts. He, he, he's, he gave him a whole ass decade. And you telling me that in a whole decade you can't bring, like, a whole team together for him. Like this and is an MVP type of player. It. This is an MVP type of player, and they just fucked it up for him. Yeah, I mean they haven't come close. Like Dave mm-hmm. has been sensational in the postseason, and they still haven't even sniffed it. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think they've made it every year he's been there. Every yeah. year Dane's been. They got the longest playoff streak in the NBA right now, mm-hmm. and every year he's been there, Portland has been right there, but. They just do not seem to put it all together. And it's really not his fault ever. Yeah. In my opinion, it's really never Dame's fault. Yeah, yeah I 100% agree. Yeah. So, I I mean, we'll talk about the offseason when the time in comes. the offseason. <laughs> but that's that's just a preview for the Blazers. Yeah. <laughs> Poor Dame. All right. Honestly, I don't really have anything to say about the Jazz Grizzlies series. Right. I don't know if you guys do. <laughs> Not really. Yeah, we we kind of already covered it last episode when we were talking about it because the the series ended right after our episode were, was done recording. Yeah, because the Jazz are so good, it honestly wasn't a very interesting series, yeah. and so I think you have the Jazz totally to blame for that. All right, <laughs> then let's talk about the big one: Lakers, Suns. And I want to hear from the Lakers fans, first of all. I mean, I'm not a guy who gloats, but I tried to tell you. (laughs) I tried to tell you this Lakers roster wasn't that good, but you all wouldn't listen. So what do you have to say for yourselves? I have a lot to say for myself. So (laughs) I'll I'll just give two points, and then I'll let V go. AD got hurt. I'm not using it as as an excuse, but it's a – contributor to the loss and then what the fuck Frank Vogel what are your lineups he played seven players this whole series and gave no gave no burn to one of your best offensive players in Trez and he kept out Andre Drummond the whole game six like those are two of your best players and you gave them no burn it makes no sense to me they need they need a coaching change because he Frank Vogel was not existing that that series made no adjustments whatsoever. The only thing that changed was their level of effort in games in the second half of Game Six. But where the fuck was the whole first half? They went down by thirty, you know. Yeah. And, and then one thing is that that needs to change is Dennis Schroeder. He either gets with the program. Or you need to leave because you turned down eighty-four million, mm-hmm. and then you score zero points in a game five. Are you fucking? Are you are you fucking kidding me? Get the fuck out of here with your entitled ass! Oh, I swear to God, I, woo, yeah. child. Okay, I'll let you go, V, and then circle <laughs> back. Yeah, I, I mean a lot. A lot of those points are my exact points. I won't use injuries as an excuse. I think exactly. AD played okay. Um, games two and three, he played pretty well. But even when he was on the floor, I mean, he really didn't really seem like AD. Mm-hmm. And then LeBron, I mean, the ankle injury, it is what it is. But for some reason, he just seemed pretty passive this series. I don't know if he kind of conceded. I don't have AD, so I'm really not going to put up my all into it. But I just didn't see enough desire from LeBron. 
I'm not sure if that impacted his whole team, but more so LeBron. I like you said. I don't know what Craig, uh, what Frank Vogel was trying to do. Like, why would you you go to Andre Drummond since you get him in the buyout market, and then Game Six you don't play him at all. You have a lineup out there who I don't think play one minute together. You keep switching and hoping. You keep throwing stuff and hoping it sticks. Like you're going to THT one second. You're throwing Wesley Matthews out there randomly. You got Markeith, who probably plays two minutes, sits down, plays another two minutes. So I feel like Frank Vogel just botched a ton of lineups. And then more so, not even about the Lakers, I just think Taylor called it with the Suns. That level and ability to shoot and space the floor, like that's incredibly hard to defend. And Lakers had the number one defense all season, with or without AD, with or without LeBron. The Lakers were right there in terms of defensive efficiency. But the Suns picked them apart. And I don't know if it was just effort, like guys are wide open. I'm talking Jay Crowder. He was open almost every play. Mm-hmm. Devin Booker, I don't know how you leave Devin Booker. He's light-skinned. He's easy to find. Exactly. Not the light skin. I'm saying exactly to how is he <laughs> open. Yeah. yeah every, it makes more sense. I thought during game six, open. like, yeah, he already has, like, 30 points, and he got a wide-open three. Like, how do you not find this dude? Right. Right, he's open, and then you got DeAndre Aiden out there. He was the only center in this series, as far as I'm yeah. concerned. That was the only big yeah. man out there. Yeah, as far as he outplayed for sure. Mm-hmm. He outplayed everybody down even, there. Even yeah. Kam- even Kaminsky outplayed our centers. It makes no sense. Oh, but don't get me started. You got Frank the Tank from the Badgers out there working the Lakers. That's just shameful. You I got- mean. No excuses, man. The Lakers just did not. They didn't seem yeah. like they cared. They seemed like we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna turn it on. We turn it all. Yep. And you just can't. You championship level basketball. You can't do that. And I think At the all. Suns played elite level basketball, and yeah. they just are so well coached, man. So yeah, I got nothing to say. No excuses here from a Lakers mm-hmm. fan. Yeah, no excuses. Yeah, there, I mean, there's no question. I mean, lack of effort was evident in yeah. games five and six. You couldn't hide it anywhere. The mm-hmm. Lakers, I'll, I'll even take it a step further. If the Lakers quit game six, they did. Yeah. They gave yeah. up. Yeah. And I'll preface this with, you guys know I'm not a LeBron hater. You guys know I give LeBron his due. I'm not a LeBron fan, but, you know, I, I give LeBron his due. But for this series, healthy, not all the way there, whatever. I think LeBron deserves some some criticism. A lot of criticism. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think he does. Of mm-hmm. he seemed uninterested in his teammates, and he was one of those guys who it felt like he gave up. Mm-hmm. Wouldn't go yeah. back on defense after somebody. Yeah, like, he was complaining about missed calls. shots. He didn't get blocks. back. It was it was like, very yeah, he, it was very disappointing. Very he disappointing. In, in game five, I feel like he gave up too early. Mm-hmm. When eighty goes down. You feel like LeBron has to have just pull out, just put on the Superman cape one time. But I feel like as soon as the Lakers got down 10, he kind of said, okay, I don't know if we can do it. And I feel like that's just something I, as a LeBron fan, you don't want to see. But when people criticize him for it, you can't be mad because, like, you can't give that kind of effort and then, Mm -hmm. you know, think it's okay. And I feel like that was very contagious to the rest of his team. They're saying, okay, well, if LeBron's saying we don't got to, then we don't have to. Yeah. We don't got to try. And it hurts. Yeah. It hurts to watch this after 18 years of mm-hmm. uh, LeBron. It, it it was it was so disappointing to me as I was watching the, the series. I mean, we can't be mad at him because he gave us like his all this past 17 years, and it, it was a slip up. Uh, it was it looked really 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 extremely bad, but there's always next year. There's not that many years left, but there's always next year. Yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll get to next year in a sec. Yeah. Um, but and I and I've you know I've talked about the kind of narrative around LeBron early in his career, you know that he wasn't clutch, mm-hmm. and I I think that was partially deserved of you know getting absolutely blown out by the Spurs when he was with Cleveland. I get it; his roster wasn't very good. Losing to the Magic in the Eastern Conference Finals, losing to the Celtics when they were in the number one seed, goes to Miami, loses to the Mavs. And like at that time, that was the discussion around LeBron. He's not clutch. He doesn't know what to do in the playoffs and stuff. And then LeBron flipped that around. He turned into a clutch machine. Mm-hmm. But even when he was still struggling, I never saw anything like this. Never. I never saw LeBron give up. Never. 
I saw in that mm-hmm. game six against the Celtics, they got absolutely worked early in his career. Game six, like it was over, and he took off his jersey in the tunnel. But while he was out there, he was still playing. Mm-hmm. And I, I don't know how to explain it, and I don't know what to take from it because I've never seen yeah. LeBron just give up like that. Yeah, exactly. It was. I mean, he still showed good sportsmanship. I loved the picture that came out of him hugging Devin Booker in the yeah. tunnel, and he gave him a signed jersey. Like, that's awesome. Yeah. You know, good, good on you. You're still a good dude, still a good ambassador for the game. Mm-hmm. But I don't know what to make of that performance. Like, on the floor, he was human. You know, mm-hmm. he didn't play – he didn't play bad. But by LeBron standards, he played bad. Yeah. It was very that was a very mm-hmm. forgettable series for LeBron. Mm-hmm. And then, second, I would say second half of the series because the first half he was he was pretty good. It was like usual LeBron, but like he was he wasn't the killer that we all know. And I don't know what it was. I, he probably didn't have faith in, uh, from the beginning that they were going to make it the whole way through the playoffs. Mm-hmm. And I think he just like I will I'll just take an L this year. Yeah, and that's what I don't get. His team needed him the most, and you've seen him before when he's had mm-hmm. teammates who were hurt. He stepped up. Yeah, and he just didn't. He did. And beyond he did. that, it's it's not like he was just cold. He was passive. He wasn't yeah. trying to take over. Mm-hmm. He wasn't trying. He wasn't willing his teammates on. Mm-hmm. It wasn't like Dame where he was trying to lead them to victory and they just wouldn't. He just all, was kind of with them and just like was content laying down. Yeah, we'll have to see next year if if he keeps going like this. So, so that's my question is talking about next year and I know it's, it's still early, but have we seen as LeBron's reign as the King come to an end? Well, no shot. No, I, w- I wouldn't take no it that shot. far. I would not give take that, it that far. Yeah, ever. Give him a full off season. Give him five months to actually get healthy. Oh no. I'm not betting mm-hmm. against LeBron a fully Never. healthy and rest of LeBron. Oh yeah, I'm not uh, saying yeah. it's over. <laughs> I, I I even forgot that they had a shortened off season this year. <laughs> like two exactly. weeks, like, a month. I forgot all about that. And I mean, I will never count LeBron out ever. No, it doesn't matter how old he gets, however he looks. There, he will find a way. Because we we have this same discussion since he was like 34. Is this <laughs> we, his last exactly. time? Every, exactly. This is ESPN's, ESPN's yep. recurring theme. Is mm-hmm. is this the Watch last we've seen LeBron? Is this it? Is this it? Is this it? And then we've seen finals, finals, finals. Well, I mean, that's like, not true because yeah. he keeps he keeps winning. You know, like and then this is the first year where he's really no, but just I'm saying, laid an egg. We have this conversation every year though. Yep. About, is he done? And he keeps saying like, bro. I, y'all think I'm old, but I can still play. And I feel like ESPN will have this same headline every well, one, every every other day. Mm-hmm. Of and course, every, ESPN say, will stretch the LeBron headlines as far as they can. Mm-hmm. And then they always come back, oh, were we wrong about LeBron after talking about it for all the summer? I feel like it's a little mm-hmm. bit stretch to say it's over for him just because, like, he actually has time to rest this summer. Mm-hmm. And, like, when they didn't make the playoffs, it was the same narrative. Wash King, he, is mm-hmm. LeBron done? Like, bro, he was ha- hurt half the season, so chill the fuck out. It, it happens every time he loses. He either loses in the finals or, the, or like, he didn't make the playoff that one year. Like, yeah. Or not, not. So, I, actually, I like when they have these the conversations. It motivates I actually him. like what it – that's not – I like when they do that, though. Because mm-hmm. the NBA is so, like, it's so far – last year he was the greatest ever. Now this year, oh, my God, is this man – is he done? Is he like, watched? Like, I love when they do it, though. Yeah, it, it, like even before the injury, he was he was like LeBron the MVP, and now the net, right like, you go next from week MVP is gonna be done. like yeah. is is LeBron gonna retire? Like, bro, no. Yeah, I mean, at risk of being labeled Max Kellerman and saying the cliff is here. Um, and to be honest, if I had to put money down, I'd probably say LeBron is back next year and playing really well. But part of me does think maybe this is it. That was a Why performance from though? LeBron. He was, a, he was the MVP. Well, if you listen, season. I'm going to explain my reasoning. Give me one second. Um, that was a performance from LeBron that we've never seen before. I have never seen LeBron uninterested in a critical game before. Was he healthy? It, it, it's, I, uninterested I mean, that's me the is question, different right? from lack of skill, though, mm-hmm. like from being over. I think that's actually worse. Of if he's hurt and he's just gutting it out versus just – looking like his drive isn't there 
I don't know. Like maybe I'm overthinking it, but I mean, he that's still what played we do. though. We talk about this stuff, right? He did. He did. You know, he put he played 35 minutes a night. It's not like he wasn't there. He he did take some plays off, but he was still mm-hmm. there. Well, I, mean, I think I, it's I a combination. It. It's a combination. I think it's a combination of you know disinterested, not wanting to do too much at 36 years old, but also like. I don't. I didn't see the same lift from LeBron that I did like earlier in the season. Again, not right. using injury as an excuse, but like, I think being disinterested and knowing you're already compromised, like, are you going to really give 110? But I, I think if you're 100, if LeBron is 100, percent I think things will look a lot different. So it's hard for me to judge right we've, now. We've seen him. We've seen him do it in the past, and not even too long right. ago. But just let me play devil's advocate for a sec. Like I said, if I had to bet my house on it, I'd probably bet that LeBron is a top five or top ten player again next year. But I will admit there is a part of me that is wondering, is he done? And I can see it. Because the thing with the cliff argument and the reason people keep making it is eventually they will be right. At some point, right, that's why Max Kellerman made the you know cliff argument for Tom Brady year after year. Because eventually he that's, has to be right, you know. That's like definition. bad. That's that's bad logic on Kellerman's part, though. That's like saying eventually, like somebody will die. Of of course, like, <laughs> yeah, of course right. it will happen. Exactly. Does it make is an argument that doesn't don't make get me sense. wrong? Because they they've I'm been having it for five years already. Like I'm not here to defend Max Kellerman. I am not. Okay, I will okay, never okay, defend okay. Max Kellerman. <laughs> okay. But what I'm saying is, LeBron does have to come down at some point, and maybe this is it. But why though? Like series. he played so. Like it's not like he's losing his skill. He was. Well, just, it, it's it not going to no happen sense. overnight, Dion. He's not just going to, you know, have one high they, ankle sprain and all of a sudden uh, he's a five point a game player. You know, but like it time, did seem a little Brady. different. It doesn't. But make what you, I'm saying it, is, it's, it's I, not I, a smart I, argument. What I, I haven't said it ever. This is the first time I've no, said I'm just saying, it. No, I'm, I'm, I'm not talking about you. I'm talking about the Cliff right. argument that Max Kellerman. Like it doesn't make any sense. Right. I know. Let's let's move past the Max Kellerman thing. What I'm saying is. I saw something different from LeBron, and it does make me wonder if he's going to decline. Of his team that needed him to step on the gas, he didn't. Mm-hmm. He was passive. He seemed kind of gun shy. He wanted to shoot threes instead of, and he did still attack the basket, but he deferred to shooting more than he normally would. Well, also to that point, though, when your team can't shoot threes, the Suns can sag off of and clog the lane, though. So I think that played a lot of mm-hmm. into the reason why he didn't drive as much because like you can't drive on five people if you your shooters can't shoot the Suns can pack it in easily though too. Yeah, because Jay, Jay Crowder, Michael Michael Bridges, and uh, Aiden was clogging the lane the whole game, every game. And you got yeah, yeah Aiden sitting there waiting. Mm-hmm. And the the last thing I'll say about this is the other reasoning I've thought through is maybe LeBron had already started to decline a little bit. And if he had to have played the playoffs right after the season with COVID, that maybe he wouldn't have been as effective. But because he got a good, like, three, four months off, you know, that gave him the push to go and win the title. So, like, did that, you know, did that kind of hide the signs of decline a little bit? I don't know. But it's just a thought that I had. You know, I I don't know. We won't have any answers until probably the end of next season. But part of me kind of thinks maybe the reign is over. Like, he'll still be good, but maybe he won't be, you know, the gatekeeper to the finals anymore. I don't know. We'll see. I don't think so, but... See, now you're thinking. See, no, no, thinking. I, I just... I just like, I, I, made, I made my argument, <laughs> so it, like... It just I don't I really don't think so whatsoever. I think with or without COVID, the Lakers are number one seal of balls yeah. in MVP conversation. They was winning one way or the other. But maybe, like, I get maybe. the I get it. I get it, but nah, maybe no <laughs> I don't see it whatsoever. Part part of me, I, I do kind of think maybe it's some subtle step back steps back from here. Who knows? We'll see. Like honestly, like, I hope he proves me wrong because mm-hmm. LeBron Cook. is the transcendent talent. Yeah. I'll take more of LeBron whoa, whoa, whoa. if I can get it, you know? Mm-hmm. Well, the peak he's falling from is, like, even 85% LeBron is still damn near top 10 right. in the NBA. Right. Like, where, where he's coming from, like, his team right. will still be right there, I think. Like, like, and, and that's I, what I was going to say. Sorry, go ahead. Yeah. The, the thing I was going to say is, like, I won't, I won't, like, ever see a decline without even, like, seeing it. Because, like, to me... LeBron was – he was literally playing as an MVP. So how can you even, like, trying to say, like, that he declined after, like, a bad seven-game series, six-game series? Like, it, it just makes no sense to me. 
but the reason I can say it is because I've never seen a bad seven game series from LeBron. It happens to that's the thing though. It happens to everybody. Just because he's older, like you like it doesn't mean anything. Like maybe. Maybe it does, maybe it doesn't. We we don't know. But like but, but like VJ is saying, that's if he was were to take a step back, it would probably be like twenty one points a game. Yeah, you know, eight right. assists, eight rebounds. You know, mm-hmm. that's what a step back like for LeBron still, yeah, would look yeah, like. Yeah. Still know? a very good player, like an average player, yeah. but like not. Yeah. But what I'm saying is, is maybe if he, because he's not going to leave the Lakers, I don't think, and nah. he still has a lot of roster issues. So maybe his days as a guaranteed Finals pers- participant, you know, the gatekeeper to the Finals, maybe mm-hmm. those days are over. I don't know. Yeah, I can see that. Time, time will tell. All right. Let's talk about the East really quick. So I was sitting. So obviously I watched game five Celtics lost to the Nets again. Wasn't particularly close. (laughs) And then I was just laying in bed the next morning, my own business. And my phone goes off (laughs) and tells me that Danny Ainge is considering his future with the team. I'm like, what the hell does that mean, considering his future? <laughs> and my phone beeps again like three minutes later mean? while I'm looking <laughs> for the article. And sure enough, Danny Ainge is to step down. Brad Stevens is to become GM. I'm like, what is happening? I like My first thought was I knew we had a bad year, but I didn't know it was this bad. Mm-hmm. Well, what was you guys' reaction to that news from the Celtics? Um, I wasn't, I was actually surprised that it happened literally the day after the season ended. So, I mean, all three of us kind of speculated all year, like, okay, whose fault is it? Like, they're not doing good. Like, is it coaching? Is it Danny? But then, you know, for Danny to kind of just walk away and put his hands up and then Brad to kind of leave coaching. I mean, I guess after eight seasons in Boston, like, either your voice sticks as a coach or guys kind of drowning you out. But I was I was surprised it happened literally the day after they lost because I feel like that's hard to gauge your success on versus a super duper team like Brooklyn without you know a full healthy lineup without Kimba without Jalen Brown that's hard to assess your season you know with one guy basically taking on the the Brooklyn Nets but I was surprised honestly that that's the way that it happened that Danny kind of just left like that to to me it seems almost like as it was premeditated they they already had it planned. For a minute, mm-hmm. and I, I don't know why, because it it seems like it seems kind of weird because Denny Denny Ains, like all things considered, he's been a pretty good GM, you know, and mm-hmm. like almost like stellar GM, and to put like they're a, a rookie GM, the only because he's a good coach. I don't. It, it seems weird. It, it seems like uh, probably Denny Ains announced that he was going to leave before mm-hmm. the season and they kind of asked him like stick around because like a day after like not even 24 hours i don't think you can pull that together in 24 hours like that type of move you know and like have it right. around it's just it yeah. seemed like premeditated yeah. to me yeah i mean i agree uh maybe and maybe brad stevens works as a gm maybe it doesn't who knows mm-hmm. but to me this said, this to me said as a Celtics fan that the season was much worse than I thought. Mm. Because to most outsiders, Brad Stevens was kind of set up. You have a young superstar. You have Jalen Brown. You have you still have a core to work around that can bring you success. You just needed some tweaks, right? Mm-hmm. But to me, this says yeah. that at some point this year, Brad Stevens lost the locker room. I don't know how. Yep. I don't know when. But for Brad Stevens to want to step away from that means that he lost the team at some point. And it, that makes sense now. Like there were games where there seemed like there was a disconnect and I did not expect them to blow it up. It still seemed like we had a really good foundation, just needed to tweak some things, get some people healthy and we would have been fine. Right. But but that makes that makes sense. But like when you think about it, like why would he go away from coaching? Because he's still gonna be there. Like they're still gonna see him. And if there was right, like something I, that, I, I that think, bad, he would change team. Well, what he said know. was he was exhausted from coaching, and that speaks to him losing the team as well. Of like he was yeah. just tired of trying to get this group who wouldn't listen to him to 
you know, do what he was saying. That's like, that's what it feels like to me. It's, 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 it seems weak to me. Cause like, why would you just go to a GM job? Like, why don't you just change the team? Mm-hmm. Because there's going to be well, plenty I mean, coaching jobs available. This summer. I mean, it could have been like a long-term plan of yeah. like, you know, him and Danny Ainge could have had these conversations over years or whatever, but I think the timing of it is deliberate. And so, and honestly, mm-hmm. at this point, I'm not that optimistic. Mm-hmm. I'm really not. Yeah. Who it's, who else would you get to be your coach is my question. Who's better right now? Exactly. There's I'll nobody on the some, market that's yeah, better than Brad Stevens. Guy, yeah. And those guys are like new. They would be like first year head coaches, if anything. And they probably will get opportunities somewhere. But like just schematically, like coaching wise, who would you get that's better than Brad? You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. I just don't understand that portion of it. Um, I'll I'll throw out a name that I just popped on by my phone not a, like thirty minutes ago or something. They they're thinking about D'Antoni. Please no. I don't I don't know how bad like, that's Please. not better at all. Please no. <laughs> D'Antoni anyway. as the coach and Brad Stevens a rookie GM is does not Dude. look like a recipe for success. Yeah. Ah <laughs> uh, yeah. Like I don't know where this whole situation goes from here, but I mean I'm not optimistic. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's fair. That's fair. As a Celtics fan, I feel like we're worse without Danny Ainge and with Brad as with Brad not as head coach mm-hmm. than we were before. So I I don't know. We'll, mm-hmm. I'll be monitoring the situation closely, obviously. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so then, rest of the East, pretty much straightforward. Sixers closed out the Wizards. We already covered the. Bucks shellacking of the Heat, and we, and the Hawks closed out the Knicks. Mm-hmm. So wild first round. Show us. So then let's talk about the second round. Um, Do we we're men of honor to... here. Yeah, we have to. <laughs> okay. We're men of honor here at the Dagger, so we knew we wouldn't record before the second round started, but we did commit to our predictions ahead of time. Okay. Mm-hmm. So I said in all of my wisdom. I took the Bucks in six, mm-hmm. which is still possible. Yeah. It is course. still possible. If they have to sweep yeah. them now. <laughs> yep. mm-hmm. I took the Sixers in seven. Mm-hmm. I I took the the Suns in six. Did we say did we say that one? We didn't, but I just I wrote it down. Okay. Myself. Okay. Okay. Um I had the Suns in six for that one. Yeah. And I'm taking the Jazz in seven. Dion, what are your predictions for the All second right. round? All right. For the second round, I think I said Bucks in seven and Sixers in seven. Because I said if Embiid played, it was Sixers in seven. If he didn't, it was Hawks in seven. So since he's playing, is Philly in seven. Uh, then, I, as I said, I had the Suns in six. And then for the Jazz, I think Jazz closed them out in six instead mm. of seven, mm-hmm. if, if not five. <laughs> what do you have, V? So Bucks Nets, I originally had Bucks and six. Um, looking very interesting at this current time. <laughs> um, I had 76ers and versus Hawks. I had the Sixers and five, actually. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm actually glad the Hawks punched the Sixers in the mouth in game one. And... <laughs> Suns versus Nuggets, I'm taking the Suns in six. I think that's too much to overcome for Jokic. And whatever is going on right now with the Suns, like, they seem to really can't miss from downtown. Uh-oh. So, I was like, and Chris Paul, I don't know what happened. If he's also an Amazon Prime member, if he got a new shoulder. But uh, he looks phenomenal <laughs> yeah. at this moment in time. And then Jazz versus Clippers, I got Jazz in seven, man. I got mm-hmm. Jazz in seven. Mm-hmm. But if they got if they swept the Clippers, I wouldn't be mad at that either. But I'm rooting for the yeah. Jazz. Yeah, I wouldn't be mad at all if they swept <laughs> the Clippers. But yeah, I think I think they go to six. I think Jazz in six. Oh, and I will say this: the key matchup of this series, Jazz Clippers, is my boy from the land down under. Yes, sir. Joe Ingles. Yes, sir. Paul George. Joe Ingles owns real estate in Paul George's head. And I just can't wait to see that matchup. <laughs> like an unathletic, unathletic dude who just shoots threes is killing one of the one of the better small fours in the league. I mean, I'm all for it. I'm all for it. 
Oh, yeah. I love it. All right, so what we need to do real quick is we need to tally our scores from the first round. Yes. Oh, geez. So here's, here's how – this is the scoring system I came up with, and mm-hmm. I just made it up on the fly. So if you have an issue with it, let me know. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you predicted both the winner and the number of games, you get five points. Okay. 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 If you predicted the winner, just the winner, you get two points. All right. So we here at the dagger, we are accountable to you, the listeners, and we all put dinner on our playoff predictions. So after one round, here are the scores. Okay. In third place, we have BJ bringing up the rear. We have Dion in second place, and currently I am in first place. Of our you have to give him the points, predictor. too. You have to give him the points, too. So VJ's in third with 16, Dion's in second with 18, and I am in first with 20 Let's after go. the first round. Let's go! Dion is just hyped he's not in the last. <laughs> I'm just so pissed that I got the, the Knicks wrong. I'm so fucking pissed. Yeah, I – yeah. Frauds, all of them. Frauds. <laughs> but yeah, I'm really excited about this second round. We have some absolute bangers for some oh, series, yeah. so we are going to be watching for sure. But if you guys are listening to this, know that we appreciate you. Another quick reminder to follow us on social media if you haven't already. We have a Twitter now. Yes, sir. All three of us are running the account. We are active. We are going. Follow us on Twitter definitely some heat Mm -hmm. the dagger hoops is our uh what's it called tag or whatever you call it handle whatever handle twitter handle twitter handle yeah i forgot the word yeah (laughs) so be sure to follow us on twitter and we will catch you guys next time peace out happy playoffs In business, you rarely hear the expression for life. You make a purchase for a product, for a service, and and there's a there's a time frame there. Well, that's not the case with Awaken 180 weight loss. Allow me to explain. You know, a year ago, I started with Awaken 180 weight loss and had incredible success losing weight. But you can lose all the weight in the world and not keep it off. And what good is it? That's why I have support for life from Awaken 180. Yeah. I mean, I go back for check-ins and make sure everything's going smoothly. But if I ever had a problem, the counselors are there to get me back on track. Why don't you do what I did and call for a consultation? 844-346-1800. 844-346-1800. Or go to awaken180weightloss.com.